Welcome to Order Up, the restaurant operations podcast brought to you by Ops Analytica. This is Tommy Yanolis, one of the founders of Ops Analytica. I want to thank you for checking out the Order Up podcast. If you're looking to run better, safer, and more profitable restaurants, I highly encourage you to start managing by checklists and using the Ops Analytica Inspector to help you hold your managers more accountable and to get that increased visibility into your daily operations. Check us out online at opsanalytica.com or just search Restaurant Checklist app. Okay. Hello, everyone. This is uh, Eric Tabersland, your host today for the Order Up show. And I'm very excited to have uh, Corey Ward from Tom and She. And that might sound familiar because you might have seen them on uh, Shark Tank. They've also been on The Chew and uh, Man vs. Food Nation. So uh, Corey is the uh, co-founder and COO of uh, Tom and Cheese, the uh, grilled cheese and tomato soup uh, restaurant concept. So we're very excited to have him on. Uh, so thank you for joining, Corey, and welcome. Cool. Thanks for having me on. All right. So, Corey, we go through the same uh, questions here uh, with all of our guests, so um, our listeners get accustomed to the to the flow. So, we'll just go ahead and start off with our first question, and just take us through your your journey to becoming, you know, a restaurateur. Um, it might be familiar to some because I think it was, it was talked about on TV, but you know, kind of where you started, when you got into the industry, and just take us up to where you are today and what you guys are doing at uh, Tom and She. All right. Yeah. Well, I got um, I started in the restaurant industry when I was about 12 years old. My parents um, actually they bought a little ice cream dairy bar in a little town, and it was just like it was your standard like soft serve ice cream, and they had a little grill in there. And I started started working on the grill when I was about 12 because child labor laws do not apply to family members apparently. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I was cooking and I was running the deep fryer and it was it was um pretty interesting experience. They actually only had it for about two years before they sold it and passed it off to somebody else. But it was at that age it was really interesting to kind of see like a little behind the scenes look at that and have a lot of fun kind of creating creating different food and menu items because we had the um we had the sort of the knockoff version of Dairy Queen's Blizzard. And so we used to dump, me and my brother used to dump all kinds of junk into the ice cream and mix it up and see what we would come up with. And that was, that was a lot of fun. And then um, kind of, that was, I did that. And then I like, got through high school and into college, I was um, assistant manager at a Little Caesars pizza place. And for a while, that was sort of the end of my, my restaurant career. I was kind of got into comic books after that. And I, Actually, my first job out of college was coloring comic books in my living room, which was a pretty fun and cool. And cool. It was a pretty cool job. It was um, a little surreal. That that's what I got. I got paid for and um, did that for a while. I went out to California and worked at one of the big studios out there for a while. And then I became an art director at a few different companies and did a lot of um, apparel design for you know people like, like bands like The Fish and The Grateful Dead. I worked with like Cartoon Network and Warner Brothers and some of those type some of those companies doing a lot of, we did a lot of the 80s retro stuff that was sort of floating around about 10, 15 years ago. And that was uh, cool. Yeah, that was a, it was a unique experience. I had a lot of fun doing that. And then um, yeah, one day, uh, me and my wife were hanging out with another couple. They were friends of ours. And the three of them, um, the couple and my wife, all worked at the same restaurant in downtown Cincinnati. And we, and we were just kind of talking about different stuff we'd like to do. And I've always kind of 
had a little entrepreneurial spirit, I guess. I technically, I guess I started my first company again when I was about 12. I went door to door. I like, would take these little pumpkins around Halloween time and paint faces on them and sell them to my neighbors for about five bucks a piece. So, and then through high school and stuff, me and my friends had a little um, art studio in downtown and in, in the downtown of the town we were in. And um, we taught art classes and stuff like that to pay our rent. So, so we were just talking about Great. different businesses and I, and ideas to kind of that we'd like to do and the idea of starting a grilled cheese restaurant came up and we all really liked the idea and our biggest issue at the time is we had absolutely no money to put into it <laughs> so um at the time like food trucks were starting to get hot and that was a really cool idea and everybody's just like well they're way cheaper than restaurants but they were still a lot more money than we had so we um kind of thought about it for a while um our downtown in cincinnati was kind of going through a resurgence at the time so we decided that um, it would be awesome if we could get a tent and set it up on um, Fountain Square, which is sort of our city center in the winter where they put up an ice skating rink. So we have, yeah, we approached the, um, the people that are in charge of overseeing the square, and we asked them if we could if we could set up a tent and sell grilled cheese, and they told us no. And then we kept yeah, – I sent several harassing emails to them until they eventually like caved in and gave us a meeting. And I'm pretty sure the meeting was just to blow us off. So we came in there, we had our little basket with our grilled cheese and our tomato soup in it, and we did this whole big presentation where we fed everybody, and we were felt pretty good about ourselves, and we were done. They told us no again, and they kind of sent us on our way. And they, they did offer us if we could actually open up a brick and mortar in a street that they were reviving, and it was still like, Yeah, of course. They offered us, <laughs> yeah, there's like, yeah, and they had like a $25,000 matching grant, and we were like, that's fantastic, except for we don't have $25,000 to match. <laughs> And then um, a few months later, they called back and they said, hey, there's a spot that's opened up on our ice skating rink if you would like to take it. And just so you know, nobody that has set up in the winter on the ice skating rink has ever made any money. So we don't want you to kind of pin all your hopes and dreams up on this spot. So we uh, pretty much emptied our bank accounts, like to the point of like your rent on your apartment's not technically due until the fifth of the month. Right. We were were, were down below zero. Um, We... Got a tent, got our food permit, and set up on the square. And we had five days to make rent money back. And that's sort of how we we started Tom and Chi. That's a great story. It's been growing ever since. Kind of graduated from there to eventually, obviously, brick and mortar, and then and now, how many locations do you guys have now? And we have thirty-one locations in fifteen states. That's great. We started in two thousand and nine. Wow. Yeah, that's good. Funny you bring up uh, Fish and Grateful Dead. You know, because I thought, you know, in the parking lot after those shows, grilled cheese is always a hot commodity. Everybody's always making those things and slinging them after. I remember that that fondly in my (laughs) high school and college days. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Yeah, it was... um... It's definitely a thing. I went, me and my wife have gone down the Bonnaroo the first couple of years it was set up, and that was definitely something you saw there. It was a bunch of, bunch of kids setting up their little grilled cheese booths in the in the morning as everybody was walking into the festival. Yeah, and then, I, you know, I grew up in the Northeast, so I remember grilled cheese and soup always on snow days. But this is kind of a, yes. it's a, it's a good concept because I think everybody can probably relate to it. Cool. Interesting story. So uh, next question here. What's the big project uh, or initiative that that you're working on today? 
Uh, the biggest thing we're working on right now is just generally increasing our brand awareness. So like I said, I mean, we've got 31 locations in 15 states, so they're um, all, they're all sort of spread out across the country. I mean, we go up as far as like Florida, New Jersey, across to Colorado, and down into Texas. So we are pretty much pretty spread out. So it makes marketing for us as far as like buying any media or anything like that. It makes it a little difficult for any store to kind of sustain its own marketing presence as far as like, you know, competing with some of the larger companies. So we're just trying to trying to figure out ways to, you know, increase our brand awareness. And obviously like, you know, being on Shark Tank and some of these other shows have definitely helped. But um right now the way people's media the way they take in media right now is so spread out. There's I still run into people every day in Cincinnati who have no idea what Tom and G is. And right. considering the amount we get a good amount of local press. I mean, we're usually on the news at least once a month talking about it on different channels and stuff. And we have a fair amount of things written about us. And it's still, it's still amazing, even downtown where our stores are located and first started. It's how many people we meet that have no idea who we are or what we do. And that is kind so of crazy. Yeah. So it's, um, um, it's something we're working on. And I think, um, obviously, going online and help creating more content and stuff on there, I think is a, a good route for us to take. Yeah, yeah, that seems to be the 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 marketing way these days. Um, so, are there all the locations are they all franchised or do you, are they all corporate owned or is there a mix? Um, it's a mix. It's mostly franchises. We have um, three locations. We have two in Cincinnati, and then we have one down in Louisville, Kentucky, about ninety miles to the south of us. Yeah, yeah, that seems to be. Probably your franchisees respect that, right? That at least you guys own a few stores, so that it seems like if if the company doesn't own any, it could be tough to make decisions that are you know in the best interest for everybody, right? The company and the franchisee. So at least if you yeah, I think so. Stores. Yeah, I definitely think so because yeah, a lot of you don't want people to view it as just us being a bunch of people in an office that are that have no idea what happens inside of a restaurant. So we've right. we've actually our our offices are right above one of our locations, so we're pretty much in the restaurant every day doing something, whether it's yeah just checking out what's going on at lunch or creating new menu items or just sometimes they just get super busy down there and a handful of us from the office will run downstairs and pitch in on the on the grills and help get the food cranked out. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah, we have pretty much everybody um, in our office started in one of our stores, so it's been oh, so everybody good. in here. So, yeah, remote with, from within type of philosophy. Yeah, and we're just yeah, it's a pretty tight knit. We've got like twelve people in our office, so we're not like we're not huge or anything. And yeah, it seems to work out really well for us because everybody sort of understands the brand. Most of these people, most of our people, have been with us for at least since our second location opened, which was about five years ago. Oh wow. Oh, that's cool. So I'm guessing you guys, is it mostly lunch or dinner as well or what? Yeah, we do um, we do a fair amount of um, dinner business, but yeah, it's mostly lunch. Obviously, it kind of varies location to location. Um, sure. Like we are one that's in downtown Cincinnati is mostly a lunch crowd. We actually just started, we just started opening for dinner about a month ago when our, our we just had a streetcar built in the city. So with that running, we okay. have stops on both both sides of our stores, and now we're pushing into dinner business there. And and yeah, for the most part, it is lunch. We do have a handful of locations that do a stronger dinner business than a lunch business. 
Got it. Depends and on, then on location. Sure. How about um, have you ever guys ever toyed with the to post bar rush? I don't know what how late the bars are open in Cincinnati. It might not be viable. Yeah. Well, it, it seems like um, grilled cheese would be a, a good <laughs> drunk food for lack lack of a better phrase, right? Yeah, when we opened our second location, it's in a um, Newport and a Levy. It's sort of like an entertainment district. There's like a there's the aquarium and there's um, a oh, movie yeah, theater yeah. And, and a handful of um, bars. And, and there's a handful of bars there. And when we first opened, we were open till three in the morning. And after a couple of weeks, we decided that the, the drunk people just weren't worth the hassle. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of extra cleanup. Uh, yeah, and they're just and they did everybody's just like drunk and at that point we were i mean that store was open so long because we opened at 10 in the morning and by three in the morning oh, wow. everybody is just like yeah it, it, it made for some some rough days so we've um dialed back on that and um if we end, ever end up with a location that's in the right area i think it would work well but currently a lot of our locations are more in like um suburban strip mall type areas Sure. And we're currently we're making a push to get back into that more downtown like city centers. And as that starts to happen, I think we'll probably see some some places um, that are open later. And this year, I mean, I guess next year, we're looking to start getting our first food trucks up and rolling. And when that happens, I think that'll make it a lot easier to target the bar crowd. Yeah, right. Because then, yeah, you don't have to be open all day or you can just go set up at midnight for a few hours i guess well so with the uh, food truck business is that going to be a franchise model as well yeah any of our current franchisees that want to get a food truck running they'll obviously be welcome to and um okay. it's gonna be interesting as we as we start to build that how it's going to work out because with our stores and our franchising everybody's kind of got their territories and we do have we do have a handful okay. of cities where we've got multiple franchisees in the same city so it's going to be it's gonna be interesting for us to sort that out <laughs> Yeah, because because yeah. right now in Atlanta we've got, and in Atlanta we've got three franchisees in that city. So as they start to push into like the food trucks, if somebody wants to bring a food truck into somebody else's territory, we'll we'll take that take that problem, I guess, as it comes up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, cross that bridge when you get there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of challenges when you guys are growing. So. Um, what's the bit one thing in the industry or your business that's keeping you up at night, if anything? I think at the end of the day, it's just it's getting customers through the door and turning them into repeat customers. Because yeah. when we um, when we open our doors, we have crazy openings. Like the first few months is just it's just mind blowing how many people will have will have through the doors. And then um, obviously after like that honeymoon period is over, it's about retaining those customers and kind of building up on that. And right now, like I said, with our with us opening single locations in a lot of these cities, the marketing gets a little tough and it's, it's about just finding creative ways to get them, to get them through the door and get them coming back. So we're, um, we're really starting now to push into, um, stronger catering model where we go out to businesses and even we've done weddings and birthdays and all kinds of stuff, just kind of getting out there, catering, getting in front of people that aren't aware of us and stuff like that. And then um, online, online delivery has been growing for us a lot too. We've got some stores oh, okay. that are doing, yeah, we've got some stores that are doing like 20% of their business in um, delivery right now, which is crazy, especially for grilled cheese, I think. 
Yeah, so are you guys delivering it yourself or are you using like a Grubhub or something like that? Yeah, we're using um, mostly uh, outside businesses. Yeah, like Grubhub, okay. Uber Eats, and a few of the other big ones. And they seem, yeah. they seem to be doing a really good job for us right now. So we're really, really happy with how that's been coming along. Yeah, it's funny you uh, you mentioned weddings because um, some really good friends of mine. This is long, you know, a few years back, eight years or so, but they got married out in California, L.A. area, and um, they had an In-N-Out burger truck just come swing by around eleven thirty or midnight at the wedding. You know, like we had dinner and everything earlier on, and then you know everybody's drinking and dancing, and then the In-N-Out Burger truck came up, and everybody just went up and ordered burgers, and that was cool. And then... Yeah, definitely. Um, oh, go ahead. No, I just said so that definitely seems to be a growing trend, is the, the late-night dinner at the wedding. We've done a couple of those. We've also done a couple of them, like, the day, the night before the wedding, as, you know, guests are coming in from out of town and stuff. They have a, having a little oh, reception yeah. and doing grilled cheese then, too. Yeah, come hang out at the uh, hotel, I guess, if they would let you. Because, yeah, then my wife's cousin just got married here this spring in, here in St. Louis. And the Emo's Pizza is a local pizza chain here at St. Louis-style pizza with the Provel cheese. And they had they ordered a bunch of Emo's Pizzas for late night and had it delivered up to the reception hall. You know? So that's, yeah, it seems like that could be a good thing, especially if you guys are going doing the food truck route anyway, right? Yeah. For sure, yeah. We uh, the, we're more than happy to set up just like we kind of like we started with the tent. We'll we'll bring our grills and some coolers full of food and just start cooking. Yeah, and it's, it's amazing. We even idea. we even go into people's workplaces and just set up the whole the whole deal and grab one of their dry marker boards, write up a menu on the dry marker board, and just start serving everybody. Start cooking. Yeah, yeah. It seems like the, the corporate catering model is a good idea too. You can if you can get a foothold in there. Yeah, and Cincinnati is a really good city good. for it. We've got we've got so many big companies here. We've got like Procter and Gamble and Macy's yeah. and Kroger. So it's a lot of a lot of offices and a lot of like, especially P and G. They've got little corporate campuses spread out like all over the city. So swinging by those and cooking cooking up for them has been it's been a lot of fun. It's been good to get out and meet with those people. They've even they even let us come in and do presentations for them from time to time, which I think is pretty funny. Uh-huh, that is cool. Yeah, folks, it's good exposure too, right? And then the yeah. kids are looking for something to eat on the weekend and go to Tom and Shay. For sure, especially as we're we're starting, um, we have a franchisee that's kind of opening in more of the suburban areas in Cincinnati, and it's definitely helps with the exposure for them that we're we've got a pretty strong presence downtown and kind of building out that way. Yeah, yeah. Anything you can do to get the name out there, which you know you said you guys are working on, so. Um, uh, this is an interesting uh, question. It's probably my second favorite. Um, what's one thing in the industry that you, or you know, one thing that you thought would be happening in the industry now that isn't, whether it's technology or just a way of doing business in general? Or um, I think I know it's kind of going there, and you keep hearing stories about it. Is just the um, not necessarily for us and the grilled cheese, but just generally for the industry is just more automation in the industry cuz I know like obviously with uh, um minimum wages going up and stuff you keep hearing threats that McDonald's is going to go all automated and whatnot and 
I don't know, I think certain places like like a McDonald's with the quality of their food, like I don't see why they can't just make it a big giant fancy vending machine. Right. Which I think they've toyed with. <laughs> food's not that good and um <laughs> i know and, and like one of our up at xavier university one of our local colleges they um they actually just installed a pizza atm in there where you kind of oh. walk up you put your card in you put your pizza in and then a pizza you, you put your card in you just tell tell it what you want and a pizza slides out the bottom of the machine <laughs> that's pretty and i could see yeah and i could see that happening more and more as for for some industries that like are struggling with that and because like we're, I mean we're we're focused obviously on doing like homemade style food like everything in our kitchen everything in our menu is pretty much made from scratch except for our bread um sure. we're making our soups daily we're roasting all of our own meats we're making all of our sauces and spreads and dressings and stuff are all being made daily in-house so obviously that model wouldn't work well for us but I think for like I said a lot of the the bigger fast food chains yeah, I think just a giant automated system might serve them well because people have such low low expectations when they're going into some of these places. Yeah. yeah the pizza idea seems interesting, right? I mean, it seems like it would be pretty easy to set up. You just get a big freezer. You order, you, you know what I mean? I want pepperoni. And the slice just goes, slides into a toaster for a couple seconds and then dumps it out, I guess. Yeah. And so I'm kind of curious to see how that, because it's been operating, the little pizza ATM has been operating up at Xavier for a few months now. So I'm kind of curious. At some point, I want to stop up there and, and have a an ATM pizza and see what it tastes like. Yeah, and try it. Is it one of the big pizza chains that's behind it, or is it just some new concept yeah, company? Was, or It's a new concept company. I think they're trying to. Yeah. I don't know if their goal is to just do it themselves or just use this as a proof of concept and try to license the idea out to one of the bigger pizza chains. Yeah. I don't really know. Yeah. Interesting. That's a cool idea. Especially then in a college if you're looking for something. Most college students yeah. are broke, so they're probably not focused too much on on the quality. <laughs> but yeah. I guess more and more the at least the hey what's in my food movements grown and it's more mostly younger yeah it's, younger it's people grown, that are driving that so yeah well, i think i mean it's interesting to say that because like when people are going out to like spend money to eat i think they care about what's in their food but there's a handful of meals a week where they just don't care i think that's yeah. what kind of i mean mcdonald's tried to go that route a few years back with making all their they're better high quality burgers and this and that and they had found out at the end of the day that their customers the customers that were coming into their store didn't care. No. And they've kind no. of reverted what back. What people wanted there was all day breakfast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it's like the people that are going into Chipotle, they they care more and then um on but the days they don't go into Chipotle and they just want to stop by McDonald's, they don't care. They just want a Big Mac and some fries. Yeah. Yeah, the the old guilty pleasure. All right. So my favorite question, because like I mentioned earlier, we've got some, we've had some pretty good stories. So recount the funniest, embarrassing, or you know something that happened to you that in your career that you'll never forget. I think just generally us starting up in our tent, like we, 
we knew what we wanted to do. We were like, we're going to make grilled cheese and tomato soup, and we're going to serve it in a tent. Like, let's just get a tent, get our food license, and let's just go. And we didn't put a ton of, like, testing or thought behind it. Because, like, when we started, the whole the whole part of the concept was that we were going to serve tomato soup, and we were going to put it in coffee cups because we were on ice skating rink. Everybody's going to be wearing gloves. So they're going to be able to just skate around, have their gloves on, and, and drink our tomato soup, and it'll be awesome. And we'll just cook the grilled cheese on a on a griddle and... Of course, the first day we, we our first customer comes up. They order the grilled cheese. We get the bread buttered. We put it on the grill. Put the cheese on it, and just kind of stare at it as the cheese doesn't melt because it's like <laughs> 26 degrees outside. And it was like, yeah, we never actually tried to cook a grilled cheese outside. And then it was just a matter of like, oh boy, what are we going to do to make this cheese melt? So we we quickly grabbed like a metal pan, flipped it upside down, <laughs> like over top of the grill, and that created enough heat to get the cheese to actually melt. And then. The next customer comes up and wants the tomato soup, and they just look at us, and they're like, do you have any spoons? I was like, no, because you're supposed <laughs> to drink it out of a cup. Like, that was what we did in our head. And like, and then they asked for crackers, and it's like, no, there's no crackers because it's soup in a <laughs> cup. <laughs> so it's about that the point we're running all over downtown and every restaurant we could find and just grabbing a handful of spoons out of each out of each storefront and – it was just being on the square and in the public. We were out there for a year before we had our first store open, and it was a lot of just craziness. We had one morning I got a call at like 6 in the morning, and they were telling us that our, our tent was in the middle of the ice skating rink, that the wind had blew it oh, up and over and down. So I come running down to the square, and like our tent was tied down by um, four 50-gallon barrels full of water. They were tied down with toe straps, and then the wind had like snapped two of the toe straps, taken two of the jugs of water up with it so our the tent was encased in ice in the middle of the ice skating rink there's at this point we had lots of spoons and our spoons and our cups and everything are just scattered like all over the square and it was just a matter of like like how are we going to deal with this like we have to like we, we don't have any money like we have to be open and then it was just running literally like we spent an hour running around the square picking up all the all the garbage that we had collected um i had a friend that our tent was completely just mangled and bent up and so i had a friend that was a pipe fitter come down and he like cut us a bunch of new pipes to get our tent back up in working order and and we had it up and running really quickly and i was really happy for that because it's just at that point we started to get press and people started to expect us on the square when they were coming out for lunch and coming out to the ice skating rink and it was just like we have to be open like we've only been around for like two weeks we can't just like not be here right and <laughs> And then going and even going into our um, our first storefront, which we had opened a little less than a year before after we started in our tent, um, it was just like a little tiny, dirty, dirty, dirty storefront that had been a handful of restaurants in the past had been closed probably for like a year, year and a half, and we did like all the work ourselves um, to get it up and running. It took us it took us about a month to even find out like where the the water meters and electric meters were because they were. We were, to we were we were basically we were three storefronts down on Court Street, and our gas and electric meters were four storefronts down on Main Street in the basement. <laughs> and so finding so finding that was a bit of a hassle. So we were in there initially. Just um, there's a pole outside that had like a plug in it that was running off the city power. So we would just plug into there until a cop would come by and tell us to stop it. And we were just getting in there and cleaning it as best we can. We were in there. Like there was so much grease on the floor, we were scraping it with paint scrapers to get it off, and it wow. took us two days to find the bat that was encased in grease on the floor, and <laughs> that was pretty gross. 
and it was just like wow. And we were there was this we found this part section that was a big brick wall, and we thought it was going to go it was going to span like the whole length of the store. So we were super excited. We we're going to have this awesome exposed brick wall, and as we were exposing it, we got like two feet into it, and we realized it was just a brick column. So we punched a big giant hole in our wall, and we were like, "Oh boy!" <laughs> so it was a matter of like, we got to put the wall back up now. And a couple walls we we took down and realized quickly why they were there. So we had to put them back up because we didn't have any permits or anything. Because we didn't really do anything major construction wise. Right. It was just like trying to expose stuff. And yeah, like, and this old I mean, this building. I'm not sure how old it was, but I know in like 1910 they cut the building in half. So it had been around for a while and. Yeah, we just found all kinds of stuff. We figured out that our ceiling was made out of basically, I think, um, it was made out of manure and straw that was packed together because wow. somebody had put their foot through it. But we're not, we're not, we're not in that space anymore. We eventually gave up on it. <laughs> no, we, we moved next door to a much, much nicer, newer building. But it was those first couple years in that space though was a was a huge, huge learning curve as far as figuring out what we were doing and and yeah, just finding finding all kinds of surprises. It seemed like every week something crazy would happen to us. Yeah, but I mean how else are you gonna do it, right? You just gotta, gotta yeah. try it. Yeah, you just kinda jump in and see what happens. And that's why I always tell people that too. It's just like starting any kind of business or anything like that. Like if you if you look into it too much you're gonna find a hundred reasons to say no. But Right. If you just kind of get into it, and back yourself in a big enough corner where you can't get out, you'll you'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, you have to. Yeah. So great, good stories there. Um, great interview. Very interesting how you guys came up. Um, is there anything you'd like to promote, or just kind of time and chi in general, or? Yeah, just time in general. Um, we're currently working on a our new menu. We're really excited about it. We've kind of streamlined a lot of stuff on it. We added a lot of side items and we added some shareables. Like we didn't get to talk about our grilled cheese donut, which is awesome oh, yeah. and something that Go ahead. and something that we we created. It was created for the tent and it's kind of taken on a life of its own. It was a few years ago the Today Show named it one of the best new sandwiches in America. So that was cool. So we're um, kind of playing around with that some more. We've got some some new flavors for that. We've done like a big shareable. We start we started working on a shareable menu, which I think will kind of like we talked about earlier help feed into the the late night drinking crowd, where you can get a jig, right. big giant basket of grilled donuts and then different like mascarpones. Like we have a chocolate and a peanut butter and a marshmallow mascarpone that you just kind of dip it in, and Ooh. it's awesome. Everybody that a lot of people are skeptical when they hear about the grilled cheese donut, but once they taste it, like they they basically get, get converted and are yeah. <laughs> huge fans because it's, it's delicious. yeah it's awesome especially when you because when you butter the, when you, we cut the donut in half so when you put it on the grill like the sh- the glaze starts to melt and it all caramelizes and yeah and it's just that whole sweet salty combo. So are you guys making your own donuts or are you are they Coming from somewhere else, a bakery or um, yeah, we have a bakery that makes all of our all of our bread, and it's all okay. pretty, it's got a clean label on all of our bread. So we're we are as healthy as a place can be that serves grilled cheese donuts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Some people are always talking about it. it's like what do you? It's like what do you mean you're healthy? It's like well we're healthy-ish. There's like our bread's just made with real ingredients, and so is our donuts, and there's no high fructose corn syrups or 
any whatever was in the the yoga mats that people were making right. out of bread. Like, <laughs> yeah, we have none of that in any of our products. So it's um, yeah, it's really the donuts actually were a lot harder to sort out than than one would suspect because you need a lot of glaze for it to really for it to really taste yeah, right. Yeah, most cooking it right. Yeah. Yeah, because most places, um, when they glaze their donuts, they just glaze the top of it, and we needed we needed to find a place that was going to be able to glaze both sides of it to really get enough get the sugar in there that we needed uh, to make it to make it taste really good. Yeah. So we started we started getting our donuts at, actually at the local grocery store at Kroger, and okay. that's the way sort of their, those donuts were made. And then as we grew, obviously they got really mad when we would come in there and buy every single donut for like. Out of five or six stores in one day, because <laughs> that was something. That, yeah, that was, that was something that they were to make your own, right? Yeah, because they were pretty much. It's one of those items that they. I'm pretty sure they were selling at a loss just to get people in the door. So we were getting uh, yeah. we were getting a lot of super duper cheap donuts, and we tried to work out a deal with them, but they yeah, it, we kind of did it for a while. But then as we got bigger and bigger, especially as we started to spread out across the country, it just it wasn't a viable option to use them anymore. So then we lined up a. A bakery and tweak the the donut recipe. Got it the, exactly like the size we wanted and the consistency we wanted, and and now we've got yeah. Awesome I mean, donuts. you guys need that, right? As you're especially when you're franchising out and you're in multiple states, you know, you want who somebody that gets one in Cincinnati to have it taste the same in St. Louis, right? So yeah, and you can't have you can't ask all your franchisees to run around to hit up five Krogers in a day and buy all their donuts. <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> they want a simple food ordering process. So. Yeah. Yep. That makes sense. Well, Corey, thank you so much. This was great. Um, really appreciate your time. And well, well, thanks for having uh, you know, hopefully me. We'll get, and hopefully we'll get to talk to you again soon. Cool. That sounds good. All right. All right. All right. Have a good week. Thank you. You too. Bye.